Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello at the same time as you. Hello. Hello. I waited for you to open your mouth so I could say hello at the same time. Welcome to the M for Penny podcast. Thank you for downloading the latest episode, assuming this is the latest one, of course. You could have gone back through the archives in the year 2050 and be listening to classic episodes. Either way, my name is Mark Schoffman. Hopefully, in 2050, I'm still a freelance personal finance journalist, or who knows where I'll be. But I do hope I'm still sitting next to my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who's nodding at me. I thought would say hello, but has said nothing so far except for interrupting me at the beginning. He is a financial planner at The Orchard Practice. If you want to find out more about him, you can visit, visit www.topfs.co.uk. Visit? Visit? Oh, <laughs> I only speak when, I, when it's time to make fun of you. Oh, thank you. And to find out more about me, you can visit www.cavendishcontent.com. So this is episode three in our mortgage series, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, so you found us in the middle of a dedicated series looking at mortgages and the property market. Tell us what we're going to discuss on this episode, please, Josh. So this episode, we're talking about things like deposits yeah. and loan to value. Okay. Um, before we talk about that, have yeah. we had any new followers from around the world? Glad you asked. We have been providing regular updates on who our listeners are globally. I wouldn't say regular, just updates. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. Um, so any new countries? Well, we have a listener in Switzerland. You usually say hello in the in the language, oh, so yes. could you say hello in Swiss? Hold on. I don't think Swiss is a language, so no. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Swiss German. I think there's Swiss, it depends who they're, who they're border is, isn't it? Bonjour. That's Swiss true. French. Yeah, yeah, thank you for... I think you've offended our uh, one Swiss listener, so... He or she is probably... Oh, is it just the first one in Switzerland? Yeah. Well, hello to you. We have... We also have listeners in the Netherlands. Here I am typing how to say hello in Dutch. Hello. Or hello. Bye. (laughs) It's Doug in Dutch. Good morning. Okay, if you're listening in the morning from the Netherlands, good morgen. If you happen to be listening in the afternoon, good mag. Very good. I've got... um... A client whose family are Dutch. So I wonder whether he's passed the pod onto his family but in his Holland. His whole family. Mind you, looking at your stats on the screen, yeah. 6.5% of our listeners are in uh, the Netherlands. So it's got to be more than this. Uh, you must have this a big guy's... family. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be more than that. And there's some people from a country called Others. Where do you think that is? I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know how you say hello in Others. No. Okay, well, lovely. Yeah. So shall we get on with the show? We should. So when you get a mortgage, we discussed the um, mortgage process in the previous episode, yeah. episode two of this series. We mentioned a mortgage is a loan secured on on your property. Yeah. But when you get this mortgage, obviously, it's not just that's not all the cash you require to buy the property. You also need to put some money down yourself, which is known as the deposit. Deposit. Tell me about deposits. Well, you've just said it. There. The deposit is your own money that you put into the property. It's not like um, when you go to a shop or a show when they say you need to put down a non-refundable deposit. This is a deposit for a property is just your contribution towards the purchase price of the property. How much do you usually need to put down? It varies. So you could actually not put a deposit, ah. have zero deposit, and we can come on to that in a minute. Okay. You could be putting down a 99% deposit, so you're only borrowing 1% of the 
purchase price. So there isn't. A, it could be anything you want. You're looking at me strangely, Mark. I, I can know, feel how, a question coming up. Why would you do that? What a ninety-nine percent deposit. Because you may have ninety-nine percent of the purchase price and just need to borrow one percent. How reg? How common is that? I'd never had it. Yeah, but I'm just telling people what could what could happen. Okay, so the deposit. Often you will see phrases like sixty percent LTV or seventy-five percent LTV. Yeah. What on earth does LTV mean? LTV stands for loan to value. Okay. So what that is, in simple terms, because we always like to keep it simple on this show, is the loan, so the mortgage, as a percentage of the purchase price of the property or of the valuation of the property. Shall I add some numbers to that? Yes, please. Um, if you are buying a house for £100... Yeah, well, that's a cheap house. It is, but this is just to make it simple for people. Okay. And you were borrowing... Sixty pounds. Yeah, yeah, that would be a sixty percent loan to value. So, what deposit do you have to put down for that? So, I don't want to get too mathematical for you because yeah. I know you struggle with that. But that would mean a forty pound deposit. Okay, forty percent. So, to to make those numbers a bit more realistic for you, if you were buying for a million pounds and you borrowed six hundred thousand pounds, that would be a sixty percent loan to value, yeah. and that would be a four hundred thousand pound deposit. What difference does the loan to value make to the actual repayments you have to pay? So the higher the loan to value, so the more you need to borrow of the property and the less of your own money you put in, usually the higher the interest rate becomes. So the more interest you will have to pay to a lender. So the rate is the interest rate is a pricing on the mortgage. Correct. So the smaller your contribution, the higher interest rate you're going to pay the lender. And that's because there's more risk to the lender for two reasons one reason there's more risk is because if the value um so well yeah so the first reason there's a bit more risk is the less money you've put into the property potentially the more likely you are to walk away if you get into financial difficulty and just leave them lumbered the second reason is due to the risk that property prices might fall so if you bought a house for a hundred thousand pounds and property prices and if you've bought a house for a hundred thousand pounds and property prices go down <laughs> if you've bought a house for a hundred thousand pounds and borrowed ninety five thousand pounds, if the property price falls to ninety thousand, then your loan is greater than the value of the property, something called negative equity. And if the lender has to repossess and sell the property, they're not going to get their money back. So they charge you a higher interest rate. And that covers some of the risk. Yeah. It doesn't cover their loss, but they're yeah. charging you more because their risk is greater. If you're a first-time buyer and you don't have a lot, you don't have a big deposit, are you better off saving so you can do a higher loan, a lower loan to value? No, I th- I find with first-time buyers normally you're better off getting your first property as soon as possible, assuming that you can afford it and you're confident you've bought the right the right property, and then in the future as your savings increase and your value of your property increases, you can change loan to value category. What's a typical loan to value that you're arranging mortgages for? Com- completely varies. Some clients are borrowing only ten percent of the value of their property. Some are borrowing ninety five percent of the value of the property. Complete mix. There is a, a few lenders that do a loan where you don't actually have to put in any deposit and you borrow 100% of the property. How does that work? Well, one example is the Barclays Family Springboard Mortgage where you borrow, I'll use some numbers here again. 
you find a property for £200,000, you don't have any savings to put in. So they will lend you £200,000. But there is a condition that a family member of yours puts normally, I think it's 10% of the value of the property in a Barclays savings account for three years. So they'd have to put £20,000 in a Barclays savings account for three years. They'll earn interest on that. Money. What interest do they earn? Off the top of my head, I don't know what the rate is. I think it's uh, it's it's a market rate, which, as we all know, interest rates are low at the moment anyway. Yeah. Um, after three years, they get their money back as long as you've paid your mortgage on time for the three years. And so if you fall into arrears, or, which means you fall behind on your repayments, the lender can what, dip into those savings to, to make it up? Yeah. You'd need a pretty kind relative or, or friend, I think, to, to do that, to just give you 20 grand. That's you would, but if you think about it, a lot of parents are giving, their, are giving, gifting their children money anyway for a property. So this is one step removed from that. They're not actually gifting it. They're putting it in savings and they're getting it back. And they're earning a bit of interest, I guess, as well. Correct. Do you remember a few years ago, there were lenders such as Northern Rock doing mortgages for 105, 120% loans. Yes, really. liar loans they were called. No, liar loans were the self-cert loans. Oh, we discussed that previously. We did, didn't we? Yeah. Um, these were where you're buying a property for £100,000 and they'd give you £120,000. That mortgage. sounds a bit dodgy to me. Well, it's not dodgy, but it's very risky, isn't it? Yeah. For people, you actually made some money on your mortgage. Yeah. I mean, the idea was that you borrowed the extra money to actually use it. So maybe to cover the stamp duty or to bar, uh, refurbish the property. But just think about it from a lender's point of view. You've lent this person £120,000 on an asset worth £100,000. Yeah. They could just say on day one, you know what, I'm not paying this. You then repossess the property and all you get back is 100000 There may have been a reason why we had a credit crunch in 2008. Yeah. Northern Rock disappeared and we no longer have more than 100% mortgages. Are there any other lenders that will do 100% loan-to-value mortgages? Yeah, there are. Lloyd's do uh, this as well. Theirs is called Lender Hand Mortgage. It operates in a similar way. I think the post office do one as well, but I can't remember the name of their one. So it's it's becoming more and more At least common. more about using friends and family rather than, I guess, the bank's own money that, that Northern Rock was seeing. Correct. This is a much safer way for them to, to do it. Although I am finding that Soon after the credit crunch, so 2008, people were, lenders were much more cautious and were very careful. They changed their criteria. And as that's got further into people's memories, they're starting to take more risks again with their decisions and their lending criteria. Yeah, I think that's a common thing in society and finance anyway, that people all panic after a, a catastrophe or a big negative event, uh, tighten their ship is that is that the correct phrase sounds about right yeah okay i'm sure someone will correct us on that and then um as it gets becomes more of a distant memory they start to take those risks risks again once you've got the property once you've got your mortgage how can you reduce that loan to value so there's a few things you could do one is you could put in more money into the property so repay some of the loan so therefore your loan as a percentage of the value goes down the most common way for people to reduce their loan to value is to do absolutely nothing. Really? Really, yeah. How? I know, I know how you do nothing. I'm quite good at that. <laughs> you but, are. Yeah. By um, sitting on your backside and... Mine. No, they don't all have to sit on your back. Okay. Sitting on one's backside One, yeah. um, and property prices increasing, which ah. historically has happened over the long run. Yeah. So using our wonderful example, you've bought a house for £100,000, you've borrowed £95,000, therefore your loan-to-value is 95%. 
Five years later, your house is worth... I should have used some easier numbers. Five years later, your house is worth £150,000. Therefore, your loan to value is 63%. You've done absolutely nothing, but the value of the property has gone up. Therefore, your loan as a percentage of the purchase price is 63%. That doesn't factor in the, the fact that you've been paying off the mortgage every month and reducing the debt that way. That's another way you bring your loan to value down. And how does, I guess that helps you if you're going to come to remortgage. Spot on. So next time you come to remortgage or mortgage your property, you might be in the 63% bracket. And as we said, the lower the loan to value, the better the interest rate. When you're coming to get your first mortgage yeah. and you see a lot of news articles about rates being at record lows and risks of them going up because of Brexit and I don't know, banks being more cautious, how, how worried should you be about... Don't worry, Mark. I tell you, pricing. never worry. Never worry. What will be, will be. But plan sensibly. But should you... Because if, if often the cheapest rates will be for the lower loan to value, like a 60% loan to value, should you do that because the rate will be cheaper? But then you need a bigger deposit? Yeah, so it's usually not out of choice. The loan to value is usually out of necessity for what people can actually afford to put in. So do you go buy the deposit first or what they can afford to repay on a monthly basis you're talking about me when i advise clients yeah it's a bit of both most people are driven by the fact that they've got a deposit of x amount and normally way the lenders calculate affordability normally they will be able to afford the monthly payments whatever they are because usually there's a bit of leeway there from the lender so there are government schemes that will help you with the deposit as well yeah i think one of our earlier episodes we spoke about help to buy um, so on a help to buy mortgage, you need to have a 5% deposit. Okay. So you're, And the government will either give you 20% towards this or 40% towards this. So when you're looking for a mortgage, your loan to value is, is, is 75%. If you've put in 5% and the government have put in 20%, your loan to value is 75% rather than 95%. That must make it a bit easier. It does, but remember that the money from the government is a loan and not a gift, so you need to start paying that back at some point as well. How do the rates compare? Because are you then paying rates equivalent to a 75% LTV? Yeah, normally you'll pay based on a 75% loan to value, but the lender factors in any payments that you might have to pay to help to buy in the future. Ah. And there's other schemes like shared ownership. Shared ownership's an interesting one, where you buy a portion of the property. So if a property costs £400,000 and you can only afford to buy a property for £200,000 with your deposit and mortgage, you could buy half of the property and then just increase that over time. Staircasing, they call it. They do. Well, that, no, yeah, correct. <laughs> no, Thank yeah, you. no, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Correct. Good. When you increase it, is staircasing, correct. If people are on the border of, if you had a, I don't know, a 10% deposit. Yeah. Uh, but if you save for, I don't know, two more years, you could be at 15 or 20% and then you you could end up paying a lower rate. Should people wait? Probably not. The danger is that in that two years, property prices go up by more than your deposit does. And therefore, you're going to be, you're not going to be able to afford a property at all. Okay. So that I, I say that this is not financial advice because who knows, property prices could come down. Historically, over the long run, they've gone up and therefore that is the risk. Is it ever worth waiting or I mean it's hard because it's hard people say it takes a long time to save for your deposit I mean one thing might be interesting to talk about there is where people get their deposit from yeah so so when we got our first mortgage we had help from our family from our parents 
So in terms of the mortgage or towards the deposit? Towards the deposit, yeah. yeah. And a lot of a lot of first time buyers do. They get given some money from family members, friends, whatever it may be, towards the, the purchase of the property. I think something important to point out here, because a lot of people don't know this, is that if you borrow the money, so on a credit card or a personal loan, and you try and use that as your deposit, a lender will factor in that loan as a commitment and therefore reduce what you can borrow. So uh-huh. don't borrow for your deposit. It's not a good idea. And lenders will often want to know where the deposit's coming from, won't they? Correct, for anti-money laundering purposes. A What's lot of that? people say it's for money laundering purposes. Yeah. It's, it's for anti-money laundering. So what is anti-money laundering? Money laundering, um, again, at a high level, is um, taking cash from illicit sources and trying to use it for legal purposes. Okay, so they're just making sure you're not a, a terrorist, that sort of thing. Well, no, they're not. you could still be a terrorist. They're yeah. not checking that. They're checking the money is legitimate. Okay. So if you wanted to buy a cave... <laughs> It's a hiding. They're not. They're not checking that type of thing. What? So a lot of people have. If they have a gift from family, like you said, you you got some help. They ask for a letter from the parents or grandparents or whatever it is to confirm it's a gift and not a loan, and that they won't be asking for the money back and they won't be living in the property. What What do you find is the most common source among your clients for first time buyers? It's their savings from yes. their salary and help from parents. The people that are moving house, so going uh, second property or subsequent properties, it's usually most of the deposit has come from the increase in the value of the property since they bought it. That's helpful. How? What's, what are the best ways of people to save for their deposit? When you say the best ways, the most but useful best ways. way to put the money. Yeah, decent places to put your money. Unfortunately, you want to leave it. The sensible place to put it is a bank account. And you don't earn very much at the moment because interest rates are so low. But that is a sensible place to put your money for the short term whilst you're buying a property. If you are saving for your deposit, which is one of the hardest things to do, best advice I can give you is to be sensible with your spending and put your money towards your deposit into the savings account at the beginning of the month and not at the end. Why is that? Because if you, if you wait till the end of the month to see how much money you've got left... That's what you've got. If you say at the beginning of the month, I want to save, whether it's £100 a month, £500 a month or £5,000 a month, depending on your circumstances, you will put that away and and then live the rest of the month accordingly within budget. That is a sensible thing to do. What's a good amount to put away each month for your deposit? It depends how much you need to save over how long a time period and what your income is. Should you be planning for a certain loan to value when you're saving for your deposit i think uh, i think most people who are starting out need to make sure they've got a minimum of five percent and the more you've got the the better it must be hard because a lot of people are renting at the same time so you've got to pay your rent that's very hard because often the mortgage payments are lower than rent payments yeah it's just getting that deposit to get you started currently banks don't consider rental payments as proof of affordability which is weird because if the rent is more than the mortgage repayment you think the bank could look at that and say oh well you obviously can afford it yeah, they need to be careful, the lenders, and, and they've got their, their reasons. Um, but just because you've been able to pay the rent for 12 months, that doesn't prove to them how you've been paying it. So it could be that someone's been giving you the, every, the money every month to pay it. It doesn't necessarily show it, not a concrete reason. But you could, that could be the same for your mortgage repayment. You could just get someone to give you a mortgage repayment. Yeah, you could do. And that's probably a separate thing, that having a, someone named on the mortgage to help you out. But the lenders would would want proof of that person's income as well. No, but I mean, if on the rent, if you had someone helping you with rent, without telling anyone, you, couldn't you do the same with your mortgage? Yeah, there's two separate things there. So yeah, one is about the lender's affordability criteria, yeah. and that is going to be based on your income. Whether after that someone's giving you the money every month to pay the mortgage, that's fine. 
But you have to be able to afford it in your own right from a lender's point of view. We hope that gives you an insight into deposits and loan to value. If you have any queries, any feedback. Or questions. Or questions. Or queries. Yeah. Where do you think? Where would you, as an in for a penny podcast listener, where would you leave your feedback? Feedback. I think iTunes is the best, isn't it, to leave feedback? Yes. If you're um, listening on an Apple device. Yeah. Um, you could send us something direct, an yeah. email, a Twitter. Twitter at in for a penny pod one. At Mark Shuffman, at Josh at Gersler. Josh Gersler. Mark at cavendishcontent.com. Yeah. Joshua at topfs.co.uk. Yeah. Thank you for being. In for a penny.